Stats Richards on Brooklyn's Radio. Joined by uh, Graham Slachter. Graham is an amateur endurance athlete and marathon swimmer. He's just published his first book. It's entitled Let's Do Something Different. It's an open water swimming journey. Uh, Graham, thank you so much for coming to the studio. Thanks for having me in. It's and you brought your beautiful here. wife with you. And that's Hillary, yes? Audra. Audrey, Audra. sorry, Audrey. Audra. Uh, Audra. Uh-huh. Okay, we'll get that right. Let me write that down as well, <laughs> and then we'll see how we go from there. Uh, so, Graham, can we, can we just take you back to the beginning, really? When did you first take up marathon swimming how did all that come about well it started about um 12 years ago um i was sitting around not very well with my life i had back problems and i was in a bit of a rut and my brother actually approached me and sort of said to me graham well let's do something different next year which is where the title of the book comes from um and i said okay well let's see what your thoughts are and he said well why don't we go and swim the english channel just like that and my, when I managed to pick my jaw up off the ground, I said, well, that's for stupid people. Why would you want to do that? I mean, we have boats and planes. Why don't we use those? And he, he sort of carried on trying to get me to do it, and I wasn't really biting, so he dropped it. Subsequently, after that, I actually had quite bad back problems with my scoliosis, and I'd been hemorrhaging money towards my chiro and my physio and my every other every other O. <laughs> um, and one of them came up with a with with, with 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 not a solution, but he said, "Graham, what what in your life? What is it that supports what? Your body supports your muscles support your skeleton, or your skeleton supports your muscles?" And I said, "Well, I don't really know the answer." And he says, "Well." They actually support both. So your problem with your back, if you keep on, you can keep on going to osteos and chiros and getting your back manipulated. Or alternatively, you can actually go and get, fit, get, get it manipulated and then get fit quickly. So I sort of worried about this. Like, well, how do you get someone who hasn't exercised in 15-odd years and get them fit quickly? So I joined up with a gym and I played around at the gym but I didn't really have a goal in mind so I just floated around and went once or twice a week and then what my brother said to me came back to my head and I was like well hmm maybe this maybe let's let's see what happens so I just started doing some training in the pool on my own um, did my base testing, which is basically just seeing how, where I was, how I mean, were you I a fairly was. confident swimmer before that, Graham? I anyway. was. In, yeah. it, when, when growing up in Africa, I, I, I did used to swim um, for my school, and I did I, I was, did a lot of outdoor sports in Africa. Mm. But so um, I, I did swim was one of them. Uh, I also did sailing and horse riding and that as well. But I was a very active youngster when I was at school in Africa. So yeah, and you're right about what you say because it, it, that, that core strength in your back. So if, if your back goes, it's so debilitating. You just can't do anything. Exactly. Said exactly. I to suffer, because mm. I'll tell you a story another day about how I damaged my back when I was seven years old. But I do know, because sometimes when my back goes, I just collapse. And exactly. I can't get up. So I know the feeling very, very well, because I've, I've actually been driving down the road with, 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 with my partner at the time. And I literally actually just, I could either stand up or, or lie down. I could not sit anymore. And I actually jumped out of a moving car we weren't moving very fast at the time thank the lord which is a good job but i I was just in so much agony and that's what i wanted to get over basically hence i went to the pool and um 12 years later here i I was gonna say it's a long way from going into the pool and then thinking i'm gonna swim the channel so tell us a bit more so 
I, I, went, I went down to the pool and I started doing some base tests, which is basically just s- swim and see how far you get, what your sort of times are, and, 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 and how your fitness is. And I was actually quite surprised that I, after 15 years of doing not a lot, um, I wasn't actually bad at this floating around. So, um, <laughs> so I thought, well, maybe there is, there's, there's a thought. Well, let's, let's do some research. And that's when I started doing some research. And I'm, I'm, I'm one of these people who doesn't like long goals. I'll, I'll speak to you a bit later about uh, channel swimming in general. But I can't do goals that are way in the distance. So I did these tests and I figured, well, it's not bad. I did some research and then I thought, well, okay, hmm, swim the channel. Wow. That's for extraordinary people. I'm not one of those. But my swimming was not bad. So I figured, well... Let's read a few blogs, have a, have a chat with a few people that I know had even done some. I didn't know a lot of the channel swimming people that I know now at that stage in time, but I met up with one or two people who had done some longer distance swims and I said, well, what do you think about it? And he said, well, it's, it's a pretty amazing feat. I mean, and he said, have you done this before? And I was like, well, no, this will be my, first, my very first open water swim. And he said, Okay, so it's a bit of a challenge. I mean, to take on the biggest one in the world at the time yeah, uh, as your very first one. Um, and from then, I just carried on doing the research. And uh, time went by. I made a few phone calls. Um, I, I, I approached some of the pilots because when you swim the English Channel, you actually have to have a pilot boat with you the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I phoned a, few, phoned a few of them because it was like seven months before I planned to do this or eight months before I planned to do this Channel Swim. Most of them had booked out, but there was one who was actually um, uh, Alison Streeter, who is commonly known as the Queen of the Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and she phoned me back and said, well, yeah, I can take you across, because she had actually given up, she had hung up her costume, and she'd become a pilot. And she said, yeah, I've got a spare place, and whenever it is, uh, end of September, how about it? So I thought, okay, this has just become a lot more real than, than just in my head. And... Um, and people that I'd been speaking to about um, doing it, um, yeah, I, I carried on living my life. Um, I drank a bit, I smoked too much, ate too much, and everything like that. And we can all relate to that, by the yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I would be standing at standing at a, a, a family or friend gathering, sort of like saying, um, "Well, um, beer in one hand, cigarette in the other hand." And I was like, "Well, I'm going to go and swim the English Channel," and people are like. You don't really look like the person who's going to be doing something <laughs> like that. So, well, okay, whatever. And and most of them just sh- most of them just like put it to the side. Oh, it's Graham being with a big mouth, and um, he's not going to do it. Right. But anyway, I did. I carried on, and it's it's changed my life. I mean, it's eleven, twelve years later now. It's made a huge difference. So uh, let, let's talk some more about that in a moment about the channel. But you're also an in- endurance <laughs> athlete. Well, that comes from what? Is, so yeah, what is that? How does it? <laughs> I, I take on very long distance stuff. So I did the channel um, uh, in in 2008, um, and after that, it's it, you you come off a really big high and you end up in a big low. So if you don't have further goals, so I then ended up with some other friends of mine, Simon Grinty, who decided that he wanted to do some get in on this act. So we came up with this idea that what we're going to do is we're going to aim at raising money. We tried to raise about a hundred thousand um, pounds, uh, and in that, to do that, we're going to cycle up Britain, kayak across Scotland, across the Caledonian Canal, um, run a marathon, play five rounds of golf in a day, all within a month. 
So and when was this grant? When did you do this? This was in 2009, <clears throat> I think it was. Okay. So, yeah, so. so that the level of training that you must go through for an endurance test of that nature, kayaking, cycling, cycling across the whole country. Up the whole country, lands into John O'Groats, yeah. So, so. And how many days did it take to do that? We did the easy route. We did it in 12, uh, 14 days. So we were tra- averaging about 60 miles a day. Uh, and and having bed and breakfast in the evening, so we weren't doing the which is cool, which is great, <laughs> yeah. but it's still sixty miles a day, and over time, yeah. And how, so twelve days, you're saying, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's mm. a, so still mm. a long distance. Mm. And then kayaking was where that was uh, from Fort Fort William to Inverness, so along the Caledonian Canal, you take in the locks of Loch Lochy, Loch Oik, and Loch Ness. So it's about. 48 miles, if I'm correct. So 48 miles of yeah, kayaking. And that was three days. Cycled yeah. across the whole country. And what was the last part? Played five rounds of golf in a day. That's the easy bit, though, isn't it? And, and, and we ran a marathon round, uh, round Surrey. Wow. So, and can you remember yeah. how much you raised, Graham, and what did you raise? We raised before? about £35,000. That's brilliant. That, so, yeah. And what was the charity? Um, because my wife and I are from Zimbabwe, um, uh, and Zimbabwe, uh, you might realize, is going through a lot of trouble and has been for a while. Sure. Um, the old age pensioners really suffer out there. So we raised money for um, a company called Homes in Zimbabwe at the time, which is now Zane. Um, and um, that's just to help the old age pensioners back in Africa. That's brilliant, Graham. Uh, We're talking to Graham about his new book. Let's give the uh, mention of the book again. What's it called? Let's Do Something Different. Let's Do Something Different indeed. And it's about your open water swimming journeys predominantly, but it's got other hidden messages within there, I guess. Yeah, basically, I've been at it for 12 years now, and over the years I've, I've written blogs as well, and my blogs have been very well received and a couple of people have sort of spoken to me in over the years like well why don't you write a book and i was like well again that's for some people who actually are great <laughs> um so and i then started just throwing all my words onto pages and um over the years built up a bit of a database um of stuff that i did um, in between, I went back to swimming. I went um, back to swimming after I'd done the land then to John O'Groats and the, the challenges that I did there. And that took me um, back, to, back to the pool, back to the lakes. Um, the next one after that was Lake Zurich, uh, which I did in 2014, I think it was. And then after that, I needed some more challenges to take on. So I found one in, in America, in Arizona. Uh, which is four lakes in four days in the Salt River Canyon. And what sort of distance would that be then? Um, the, so the, the overall distance of the of the four lakes is 42 miles. Wow. So the first one would be nine and a half miles. The second one, which, which was Sawaro Lake. Uh, canyon. This, uh, canyon. No. So Sawaro first, and yeah. then it was Canyon. Yeah, so Sawaro yeah. was first yeah. at 9.5 miles. Yeah. Canyon was second at nine miles. Apache Lake was the third day at 17 miles, and then we did a nighttime swim in the Roosevelt Lake. So the actual name of the swim is Scar Swim, and it's based on. Oh, the names I read of this the, on your website. Yeah. So this is Scar Challenge yes. that we're talking about here. Which, and I was also reading on there that the latest blog talks about the annual. Is it Steve Wand um, Invitational Memorial yes. Swim? Is that different from that? That's different. Yeah. So, so what's that one about? Tell us about the story behind that, that one. one um, a couple of channel swimming friends of mine over the years, um, uh, five years ago actually, were training in the east side of London in Charlton Lido, and one of the guys that was training with them was Steve Wand. Um, and 
not long after they'd finished their training session for this winter, Steve was an avid sportsman, not only swimming, but he did um, uh, cycling and triathlons as well. Right. Sadly, he was involved in a, in a, in a, in a road traffic accident, uh, um, and the Kent Air Ambulance was called out, and unfortunately, um, they couldn't really do anything for him, and he tragically died. So the Steve Wand Memorial is actually run by a friend of mine, Mark Sheridan, every year, and we raise money for the Kent Air Ambulance, and that's um, at about this time every year. It's a, a fairly substantial challenge. It's a 10K swim um, based, and it's broken up into 100 by 100 meter sets. So, so you're not swimming the entire 10K. This is a whole group of swimmers, presumably, yeah. that take part to raise money for the... Exactly, exactly. Okay, so, so how many people take part in that? Probably about 45. It's an invitational swim. So, yeah. so it's, it's uh, generally four lanes of about 10 to 12 people each. So it's, it's only invited people. I miss Graham. Where, where does this take place? Uh, Charlton Lido on the east side of London. So it's just the other side of Greenwich. Um, so, and it's a 50-meter outdoor heated pool. So the lovely temperature could be zero degrees outside, but <laughs> you're in a nice heated pool. So, so something. So it's not too bad. So, yeah. And that's then, very good. And, and, and um, so, yeah, that's in memorial of Steve Wand, who um, sadly met his, met his um, departure five years ago. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. But it's great that you're keeping you know, his name alive and, and yeah. with that charity. It's it is excellent. So. That's great. That, now, and I cut across you because you were talking about the SCAR challenge. And that one you were saying is probably, what, the hardest challenge that you've ever done? Is that the... I wouldn't say that's the hardest challenge, a single challenge, but that's uh, that's a stage challenge. So you're swimming those distances, uh, that distance every day. So it's yeah. four lakes over four days. Yeah. So you, 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 your ability to be able to recover after a, a nine nine mile swim, which is about four and a half hours, and then do do the same again the next day, and then probably double that the following day, and then again on the th- on the fourth day. Is, is is the challenge there is, is so you don't injure yourself whilst you're doing it sort of thing so. well, talk a bit about the, the, both the physical and the, the the mental training required in order to just complete something of that nature okay um i don't think anyone would ever get into this long distance swimming without doing the physical training um so you've got to do the physical training when i did the channel i was probably doing 20 to 30 kilometers swimming a week and then on the weekends, I'd probably head down to Dover, where they have a Dover Channel swimming group, um, um, and I would basically hammer out hours, two, three, four, up to eight hours in Dover Harbour, just swimming up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, and that basically gets your endurance up, so you you literally swimming. And we don't swim for eight hours consistently, so we'll swim for an hour or two hours, and then we'll come back to the beach and they'll feed us. They'll throw us, a, throw us a chocolate bar or something like that and a bit of energy drink. And then, then I think that's a minimum I'd want. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, if you don't get back in, they'll throw you back in and you're out for another hour. And then you come back in. And, um, and Frida Streeter was involved when I was down there and she was known as the Channel General. And she was, she was the mother of Alison Streeter, who's the queen of the Channel. And and she literally has given up most of her life, nearly every single weekend during um, the summer months, from May until September, every single weekend, come rain, shine, hail, snow, whatever, she's down on the beach and she was training channel swimmers. So. And does she provide 
guidance on particular techniques and, no. and, and drills, no? No, not just, necessarily. It was like, get in there and swim. Literally, just that. And you arrive there in the morning and you say, how much am I doing for you? Uh, you're up to four hours a day. Okay. So you don't know when you're turning up. No. How long are you going to swim for? Yeah. And so when did you, you swam the channel when? When was that? 2008. 2008. And the preparation time for that, you were saying, was eight months, did you say? Yeah. So it, in, in, in about November time was the time that I actually decided to get serious about this and book my pilot yeah. across the English Channel. And I was swam in September the following year. So, so November, well, what's that? Just nine months, I think it is. So, And I guess... The date that you pick is also subject to change because presumably the conditions have got to be right. Exactly. Yep. So the, the, the way the channel swimming works is um, you, you, the pilots which are there um, will take four bookings in a seven-day period, okay? Um, and what they'll do is you get allocated one to four. And then basically when your time comes up, and it could be at night, it could be in the morning, it could be midday, you'll get a phone call saying, right, we're going across. Now's the time. And sometimes you have to wait down there for like two weeks while the weather calms wow. down. Yeah. Wow. So and what, what sort of weather did you, what, what time of day did you get actually, Graham? And what I, was the weather like? I started, I started at about 10 o'clock in the morning, um, so uh, on Sunday morning, uh, and um, I swam through until just after midnight. Um, on Monday morning. So I, I hit the French coast um, just after midnight, I think it was. So I was swimming for just uh, just, just under 12 hours. So. Wow. Mm. And, and tell us about, I mean, you must, as you're swimming, it, psychologically go through so many pain barriers and self-doubt, I guess, even when you're in the water. Were there moments when you thought, I can't keep going? Or was it, how did it feel? Exactly that. There are moments when you feel that you can't keep going. There's moments when you feel that you want to give up, give up, give this mad adventure of yours up. Um, and I think when it comes to endurance sports, not just swimming, endurance sports, it's the mental side which is hugely important. And I, I 100% agree. In and 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 I would advocate. It's not about your physical stature. It's about your mental capability and fortitude to keep on going. And that's one of the things which I am passionate about. That's one of the things I really am um, intrigued that I know of a lot of people out there who are phenomenally fit and can't do these sort of things because something in their head just says, I can't do it. So it is a huge mental challenge. And um, I think it's, it's pretty much what gets you across. It's not your physical capability. I mean, you have to have the physical capability and you have to know that you can do it. So when I did my training, I, the longest I'd ever swum was eight and a half hours. Okay, that was, in, that was the longest single swim I'd ever done. And literally at about eight hours, 45 minutes is when I had a complete meltdown in the channel. And I was throwing my toys. And that was psychological as yeah. much as physical? Because it, you, you got to that moment mm, in time where you think this is yeah. the longest I've ever done. Yeah, I think it was. Yes, it was. It was the longest I'd ever done. And the one thing that kept me going, and I learned this from, um, from, from earlier on, is basically you swim from feed to feed. So you don't swim 35, 35 40 kilometers. You swim the next hour. You're, you feed every hour. So you swim until the next feed. That was one thing which got me through. Another thing which got me through was when I was training, I had a, 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 a paraplegic lady who used to train with me. And after two or three hours, you used to come back to the beach, and we used to get our food. And I was thinking, 
I really just could not go and do this anymore. And then this paraplegic lady would come up next to me. She'd crawl up onto the beach on her arms, and this is a shingle beach as well, crawl up on her arms. She'd take her food or whatever, and then she'd crawl in. And you look at her and you say, if she can do it, there's no reason why you can't do it. So you better get back in. <laughs> so, and so there's various things which get me across, got me across. One of them was that. One of them was my, my friends, um, who I love dearly, but um, uh, they, are, they, they, they are hideous with their banter. Um, and I so they're on the boat, are they, watching? No, How's no, no, no. My friends actually came down. I had about 25, 30 of you down to see me start off, which is very, very uncommon for channel swimmers. Okay. But the only people on the boat was my, my, my partner at the time, Rochelle Schlachter, and my brother, and my parents, my parents from Africa had flown over for the, and wow. they, they were so on the boat so. with me. And they were, uh, and Greg Wood, who was my buddy swimmer. So after like three hours, you can actually have someone swim in the water with you, but only, or four hours, sorry, but only f- swim with you for an hour and they have to stay behind you. They can't pace you, if you see what I'm saying. Okay, so, so they can't communicate with you either, no. presumably. So you're not allowed to touch you're... a boat or anything like that. They can't communicate with you. They can just be company, effectively. And then only for an hour, and then they have to get back out. So I mean, mentally, that must feel really lonely in the water for all those hours. It's though, very, it? very lonely. What goes through your mind? So it's, it's, it's an odd thing when you speak to channel swimmers about what goes through your mind, and it varies from cars to bikes to calendars to naked women to <laughs> naked men. To, it, it varies. But <laughs> the one thing that I actually use, and <clears throat> going back... Um, I've done some personal development in my life where I've actually been on seminars around uh, in South Africa and, and ran, run them, or yeah. my family run them. And I learned techniques and, uh, to help me with my mental. And one thing, and this is more for pain management, um, I actually have an army of minions which run around my body, which I control in my head. And I have the most amazing surgery and everything in my mind and I can do whatever I want to my body when I want it. So you're feeling so, the pain, but yeah. the minions will come along and do the yeah, massage. I'm guiding the minions and telling them what to do. And so I can, I can effectively replace my muscles whilst I'm swimming. It's all in my brain. It's all in my brain. No one knows it, but that's what I can do. So, and that's my pain management when side When you talk of to others that have done similar... Mm-hmm. Do they have similar techniques, similar mental thoughts? Yes, they do. Some of them, some of them do. Some of them do sing songs. A lot of them sing songs, so they'll just go through songs, so songs in eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so they'll just sing songs in their head and they'll count sheep or whatever. There, there, there's various things which get you through, and it's about keeping your mind active enough. Which is why I have my minions, which I'm running around my body. Uh, if I get a sore back, I send them there. If I get a sore shoulder, I send them there, and they change my cartridge or whatever it's about keeping your mind active because those demons are in your head all the time and they're just sitting there waiting to come back and say you can't do this you're not up to this why are you doing this and it's keeping those at bay and however you do it is up to you but you've got to figure out a way of keeping those demons at bay so that they don't rear their ugly head which they will do when you when you when you when it's cold and it's dark and you're sitting in the, in the middle of the English Channel and your back's hurting or your neck's hurting or you, your tongue is swollen and you can't taste anything, those demons are going to come fighting for it and they're going to they're tell you, why are you doing this? And it's just getting something in your, in your, in your, in your mental capability to actually keep those at bay. 
and that's why I have, I, I have my minions which keep me company. Amazing. Graham, we were talking about the, the physical side of stuff, but you must have a lot of support around your re- requirements just to get anywhere with this. Exactly. I mean, I could not do what I do without the people around me. Um, so currently, um, all my major swims, I always have to have a support team in place, which were, are there to look after me. They're there to feed me. Um, they're there to um, encourage me. They're there to monitor me as well. So um, if I end up getting hypothermic or something like that, they, 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 they're the ones who pretty much do the call to pull me out the water if need be. Uh, and I'm very, very fortunate in that I have a, a, my wife, Audra, who um, came into this when I did Zurich. Um, and I'd chosen, no, not Zurich, it was Arizona when I went to Arizona. Mm. And we had some in Zurich together, but I'd hired her a nice motorized boat with champagne and Wi-Fi and everything like that. So oh, just thought, for the listening audience, mm. Audra is now putting her thumbs up in the air going, the champagne works for me. <laughs> <laughs> So, mm. so when I got to Arizona, I said to Audra, well, Audra, would, 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 you, would you mind kayaking for me, which is a 42-mile kayak? And she's like, well, yeah, but I don't know how to kayak. Uh, okay, well, uh, I can teach you the, 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 the basics. Um, we had some friends across the river where we stayed at the time. Uh, they lent us their kayaks. I showed Audra how to kayak, but she was adamant that she wanted to learn how to recover herself from a kayak. So I thought, well, it, the water's three degrees out there. You can go and do it on your own if you want. I'm not going to come with you. So she did. She went down to uh, somewhere on the south coast to a, a proper kayaking course uh, where she, she learned to recover herself from uh, a, a capsized kayak. I mean, that's no mean feat in itself, No, is it's it? not. Um, I have to say it was the quickest recovery in history. <laughs> yeah. Over and out. Over and out. And uh, <laughs> the guy was like, wow, that's really great. You did such an amazing job. Do you want to do it again? I'm like, and why would I do that? <laughs> to find the first time, that's enough, right? So, but you yeah. did 42 miles, miles yeah. in a yeah. kayak. Yeah, yeah. Well, Alongside Mr. Swimmer here, which is amazing. Uh, technically speaking, I think that d- when we uh, did the uh, the scar swim in Arizona, what I didn't realize is that uh, we had the, certainly the longest one of the three, uh, the Apache uh, Lake, was a lot more of a challenge than I realized. And, and that's one of the, the biggest things that, that is quite interesting about being a support crew is, you know, there, there's a lot of jobs to do. You, you know, not only trying to get where you're going and have to be fit in order to do that, but keeping an eye on the swimmer, making sure you're fed, they're fed, the weather, making sure everything's uh, going well, and um, communicating with the, the main team for safety and so on. So there's a, there's a lot to think about. But one of the things I never thought I would do in Arizona is get hypothermia. <laughs> and you did? I did. Wow. So it wasn't technically speaking, it wasn't 42 miles in, in total that I kayaked, but yeah, I, I feel I did a fair amount in the wind. And that must so. have played on, I mean, if that's happened to Audra, then how did that affect you? Well, in in general, in these swims, if you lose your support crew, you're actually out of the swim. Right. So right. That's, that, that's pretty no much a, yeah. a standard thing. So um, with the Apache one, from from the moment we started, we probably had 25-mile-an-hour headwinds all the way. And it, Apache Lake is a 17-mile, very high-sided lake, so the wind just pummels down there. Oh. So poor old Audra, literally, she was trying to kayak next to me. And whenever she stopped kayaking, she just disappeared backwards. The wind would just push her because you're on a you're on a sit on top kayak, so your whole body is effectively a sail. So if she stopped kayaking, or it, I can imagine she just disappeared. Yeah. 
So she had to be carried forward or dragged well, forward. I guess actually being in the water, at least, you, you, you've not mm. got that pressure. Exactly, exactly. So It's a lot warmer in the water, I have to say. There's another point, actually, mm. fair point. Yeah, you're on, yeah. on the surface there. You're probably feeling everything coming at you. So uh, The wind and so on. Yeah. And just before we get to the travel, what, what sort of food do you have then? What's, what's really important? Um, generally, I would eat on – I use a, a very high-energy um, uh, powder mix, which is CNP or M- Maxim was the last one, which is a very, very high-energy mix of just powder. It's, it's soluble in water. It's tasteless and colorless, so you can add something to it. Um, and probably I do double mixes of that occasionally as well, so that's like 4,000 calories an hour which I'll take on if I need it. But generally, it's chocolates and um, snack bars and fruit and that sort of stuff. So. That's a good point, actually. In um, if you're doing the channel, mm-hmm. do you have any idea how many calories you burn in crossing the channel? No, I don't. It's a it's one for next time. Yeah, we we we, <laughs> we, 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 we I mean, when I was swimming the channel, I was probably taking on about three to four thousand an hour. Wow. I mean, so you're never going to re- effectively the, the 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 basis behind that is you're never going to run out of uh, energy. Um, and in my book, I've actually um, approached a, a doctor friend of mine, Dr. Nicholas Mersch, who's actually done the nutritional side of my book for me because um, I'm not really into um, knowing everything about it. But uh, doc- Dr. Nicholas Mersch has written my nutritional side in my book. So. And we, we, we probably need to explore a little bit more the, the mental techniques that you've used. Let's talk about that. Yeah, Okay. There's some very simple things that I've that I've learned over the years about how to actually not even prepare your mind for this, but just get ready for something like this. And one of the most common things that I believe in is is your words. Okay, you can you can if you think about it, you can destroy a person's life just by what you say to them. You can do that to yourself as well. So, for instance, when I was swimming the channel, uh, or when I decided that I was thinking about swimming the channel, I never ever said to anyone that I'm attempting to swim the channel it was always i'm going to swim the channel so my brain now doesn't have a get out clause if you're going to psychologically you tell told yourself Mm. there is no way out yeah so so basically if you're going to attempt it your brain sits there and says well it's only an attempt really should i put that much effort in but when you tell your brain that i'm actually going to go and do it and you say that over and over again and you verbalize it to yourself and then you verbalize it to other people um, then your brain sort of thinks, well, actually, this is not a joke. We're actually going to do this. And so, so, so words are very, very, very important in the way you talk to yourself and the way you actually motivate yourself. Um, try and stick away from negative, negative phrases. Try and stick away from the word failure. The word failure doesn't exist in my, lo- in my world. In fact, I'd rather it didn't exist anywhere. We never fail at things. We just learn different ways not to do things. Okay? So whenever I approach my training swims in that, of one that I can think of is the Channel of Champions, which I've actually not succeeded at, and that's the only one I've not succeeded at. So what is that? That's a uh, swim in Dover Harbour, and it's, it's, in the, it's in the format of a five-mile swim followed by a three-mile swim followed by a one-mile swim. So you do the swim, then you get out, you have a bit of a rest, then you go back in, you do it again, get out, have a bit of a rest, and you go back in. The reason I failed that was basically I knew that I could do five miles in 12-degree water quite comfortably. But the buoy drifted quite drastically, so the course went from five miles to 8.6 miles, and that was probably the closest 
to hypothermia that I've ever got. I came out after okay. five miles and I couldn't do it. So that's the only one I didn't succeed in. But um, I didn't fail at it. I just learned that if I wanted to do that swim again, I needed to have better cold water acclimatization. So, yeah, the way you speak to each other is immensely important. Um, and that's one of, the, one of my, my things that I do every day is I try and talk to myself and in, in, in a positive way. And the minions, hopefully. Oh, yeah, the minions. Keeping the minions yeah, we've we got, we got to keep them under order, though, as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so, my wife as well. And do you think that, I mean, is, is that your own behavior, your own mental attitude, or do you think anyone can reach that point? Because you know, motivationally, you're, you're saying never say never, you can do stuff, but, but other people might struggle with that. I mean, how, how would, how would yeah. you help them? So, so another thing that I, that I, that I um, um, use on a regular basis is what I call mantras. And this is related to when you're more relaxed, okay, where your brain is actually slowed down. In my book, I talk a little bit more about the different levels of the brain. So basically, slowing your levels down. Every one of us goes through that process every single day, multiple times a day of slowing our brains down, whether we know it or not, okay? Sitting on the toilet, having a bath, going for a walk, sitting watching TV. We're generally relaxed. Our brain is slowing down. And at those moments in time, and when I go to bed at night and when I wake up in the morning, I will sit there and I will have a mantra. And that mantra changes for whatever I want it to be. But a simple one would be, every day, in every way, I'm getting better and better and better. Or every day, in every way, I'm more and more successful. And I'll say that to myself when I'm in that relaxed state, when I'm in that calm, calm mood, and my brain levels are at that point where they can actually take in an input to start reprogramming your brain reprogramming your mind because you can't do it when you're in, our, in in the higher levels where we're thinking and talking and planning and reading emails and phone calls and that you can't do that mm-hmm. you've got to slow your brain levels down and how you go about that be it meditation be it deep breathing be it yoga be it pilates be it whatever you want and do you use those techniques yourself every day every day well, all of those Yes, you, so you've got the benefit of using mm, meditation. Yeah, I don't necessarily meditate, but I, okay. I, 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 I can sit down and I can close my eyes and I can slow my brain levels down. I, okay, I, it's not. I don't know that my brain levels are slowing down. No, no. But I have the belief that if I sit down, I close my eyes, getting yourself into that calmer yeah, state. Yeah, got it. Got and, it. And, and at that point in time, that's when I use my positive mantras, sort of thing. And then the other one, which is hugely common for everyone is visualization Mm -hmm. okay so again when you're in that relaxed state you 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 play yourself a movie you visualize what you're going to do so when it comes to most of my long swims uh, specifically the channel when i was training for it i used to have a 20 minute train journey into london every day and a 20 minute train journey on the way back i used to jump on the train i was lucky enough to get a seat I used to close my eyes and I used to go and play a movie of myself swimming the channel in my head. Mm -hmm. The start and the end were always the same. I succeeded in doing that channel. But everything in between changed. So the, 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 the waves, the weather, the rain, the hail, the not feeding properly, the getting sick. I experienced all of those emotion, those feelings in my head before I'd actually ever ever experienced them in reality. So it's playing your mind, playing in your mind a movie 
of you at your best, but overcoming the 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 challenges that you're going to experience. And when you're overcoming those challenges, start to try and in your head experience or or or, or verbalize or visualize what will happen to you when that happens and how you're actually going to deal with it. Now, all of this is happening in my head. So you can understand when I swim channels and that, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm busy. So, and But that's the thing. Visualizing, before I do most of my swims, I've probably swum them 15, 20 times, up to 80, 100 Mentally. times in my head. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So try, try to yeah take all the pitfalls out. Let, let's move to the book. Let's talk about the book. It's now available on Amazon. Yes, it's Am- yeah, carry on. It's Amazon so, and Kindle in uh, the US, well, all on Amazon websites and in paperback. So that is downloadable from yeah Amazon or in paperback, which I think they're very very good. They normally ship it out in two or three days. So. And, and you were saying that you know, you've done the blog for quite some time, and that was kind of the inspiration to go on to do the book. Where, where did you write the book? I've pretty much written a book all over the last three and a half years just by putting words onto paper and putting it in a logical fashion and writing my blogs and getting a lot of feedback from my blogs. But the thing which really got me to the point of where I wanted to to write my book was um, te- there was a ten it was a ten year anniversary or what I call a ten year channel anniversary, which is basically ten years since I swam the English Channel, mm-hmm. and I wanted to uh, commemorate that in some way. So uh, the first thing was, okay, we need another swim. So, okay, let's look at swims. But the swim in my mind had to be bigger or the same as the English Channel. So we looked at a couple of swims around the globe. Uh, Lake Geneva, which is still the one I want to do, 70 kilometers, um, but it's very expensive. So I couldn't really afford that, so we had to look a bit close to home. Loch Lomond popped into the, popped into the equation. So I then decided, okay, I'm going to swim Loch Lomond. And hopefully, by after Loch Lomond, that will be my 10-year anniversary, and I will then get this book, start to work towards getting this book published properly. So, so it's been in the, in, the, in the making for about three, four years at least, bits and pieces here, bits and pieces there. Um, I think when I originally wrote the book, uh, it probably came up to about 400 pages, and then I gave it to my... My wife, Audra, who then realized that it wasn't 400 pages. It was actually 250 pages because there was a lot of repeating. <laughs> so it wasn't just sit down and write a book. I, no. I, I used to do it in patches here, patches there, which is why there was a lot of repeats in the, in the, in the, in the, in the draft copy, um, which Audra had to take out, basically. So, so. And the reviews have been pretty good that I've read so far. I'm very, very, very surprised, yes. I'm five very, out of five. And mm, I'm very, very surprised, actually. And... I don't know most of those people, but um, none, not many of them I can understand are from the swimming world. So those reviews are by people who are not into ultra-endurance, and they're not into swimming. So but I think as you've been talking to me here, you can see the benefit that it could be to anyone psychologically if they want to help to support themselves, if they've got mental problems themselves, if, if they struggle to get through things. This would be an inspirational book. Yes, it is. It is. And, and that's, that's my goal, um, is, 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 is this book is out there to believe that basically you you don't have to be you, you don't have to be extraordinary to do something amazing and which is exactly where I was 12 years ago I I, I didn't think I would ever do a channel or or a, or a big swim because it was that was for that was for extraordinary people and how was I going to fit in with that crowd 
I was not anywhere near them. But if, you, if you've got a bit of belief in yourself and you've got a bit of support from your friends and your family and you've got the wherewithal to go and do something like this, um, it's amazing. And it's changed my life um, going forward. It, it's changed my life traveling around the globe, meeting a lot of interesting, inspirational people as well. I mean, you must have really built up a, a band of colleagues and friends from this. Oh, yeah, doubt, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. great. So. It's, it's actually quite funny because I fit into two, two environments. I've got my, my friends which have known me all my life, okay, and none of them have ever really swum a channel or anything like that. And they, they look at me and they say, wow, you've, that's an amazing feat, what you've done. But then I am part of the channel, channel swimming and endurance swimming world. And the comments that come up, what, you've only swum it once? <laughs> we had Sarah Thomas this year who broke the record. She swam it five, uh, four ways, so 54 hours of swimming. So the most common comment now that I get is, but you've only done it once. And <laughs> is there any plan to do it again or not? Or now you've done it, is that it for you? You're quite happy that uh, once is en- enough. The English Channel, um, probably not. Um, I will probably do it in relays and I'll help other people to do it. That's, that's my passion is to help other people to go out there and do it. But there's so many wonderful, world, wonderful swims around the world that I need to do and I'd like to do. So um, there's, there's, there's what they call the Triple Crown and then, then there's the Seven Oceans, which are, well, I'll probably try and work towards those at some point. But unfortunately, it costs a lot of money. So. Oh, but it does. No, but it does. Mm. Uh, we haven't mentioned your internet address which is interesting in itself by name. And if people want to contact you, is that where they'd go to? Yes. My, 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 my web address is uh, www.zimhippo, that's Z-I-M-H-I-P-P-O dot co dot UK. And that's where my contact details are and also my blogs of all my major swims. Um, and the next question, which I think is probably going to come, is why is the Zim Hippo? And I say, well... Um, bit rotund and i'm quite good at floating around lakes so, <laughs> so and i'm from zimbabwe so and the cover of your book is indeed a hippo, exactly isn't it? that As well. it's a floating hippo so yes <laughs> well congratulations on, on writing the book Let, let's give the book one more mention the title of the book is let's do things let's do something different and you can pick it up on amazon yes you can on kindle and paperback format Thank you both for coming in today because it's been really fascinating and I wish you all the best for the future and for Christmas because are you all planned and ready for Christmas? All good? Absolutely not. No. Not <laughs> quite. We, we, we've got a couple of days. We're not working this week. so we, Plenty we, of time. We, we've got a couple of days to get ready and get, get everything done and dusted before, before Christmas. And there's so. plans to promote the book in the new year? Yes, there will be. I mean, um, this was... I've never done anything like this book... Um, production or book publishing it's something that i had in my mind and i just thought well let's put it out there and it's been an amazing journey it's been an amazing journey this last month um just the the feedback i've had from people around the world uh the feedback i've had from people that were at school with me um who's like wow we still can't believe you've actually done this. Uh, and I'm sort of like, teachers. <laughs> my English teachers are probably still picking their jaws up off the floor. It could have been 450 pages, though, couldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. So it's it's been it's been an amazing journey the whole way through. I've 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 done nothing but enjoy it. I've travelled to some amazing places. I've met some truly inspirational people, um, and this book is just another an, another 
another addition to the journey that I'm still going on and will probably keep on going for a long, long time. And I'm sure, Graham, that many people should be able to, to relate to the, the learnings and of these life challenges you've been through, which is fantastic. Huge. So, mm, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much, Baz. It's, uh, it's been great meeting you. My guest today, that's uh, Graham Slachter and his wife, Audra, from Newhall. Do look out for Graham's book. It's on Amazon at the moment, and it's called Let's Do Something Different. It's a story of open water swimming, uh, amazing journey uh, with some great life stories.